What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Happy Choice Podcast. This is part two of Peyton and, and Aiden. So if you haven't heard part one, I really suggest that you go listen to that. It will help you understand part two. If you're new here, thanks so much for being here. And if you're back here again, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Would you mind liking and leaving a review after you hear this podcast and this episode? It means a lot to me. Seriously, it would really just boost this podcast up there and really put us on the forefront of mental health and getting mental health awareness out there for people This is a tool for you to just feel normal because you're not crazy. You're just human. So we're back again with Peyton and Aiden. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this part two. They have a lot to say. They're not done and we won't be done. And we'll be back again with part three and part four. We've got so much coming for you. And we're so excited to be there for the trans community and just be there for everyone out there. So part two of Peyton and Aiden. Here we go, guys. Thank you. Before we begin, let me remind you that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of the episode with Peyton and Aiden. Hey guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. What about you? Pretty good. Doing pretty well. Thank you for having us back. We're stoked. I'm happy that you're here because we've got more to talk about. It's just so much. There's so much content. (laughs) So much. Yeah. We can't get through it in one episode. So we have to do like two. P2. Maybe P3 and P4. Or P5. We'll get to that. (laughs) You know, unlimited episodes. Unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Netflix series special, guys. (laughs) Exactly. Guys, let's jump right in, actually. Can you guys tell us what's the difference between gender and sexuality? Sure. So I'll start. Um, Gender is pretty much what if you're a male or a female. Sexuality is a whole different identity where you can identify as trans, bi, genderqueer, genderfluid. So a lot of the time, people miss... Like the misconception around it is very, it's become a topic that I think should be addressed more often, but they're two different things altogether. But a lot of the time people confuse them for the same thing, thinking that your gender has to do with your sexuality, but that has nothing to do with it. Sure, I'm a trans guy, but I identify as a male, but someone might be gender fluid or gender queer, and they want to be fluid because they don't have a preference of where they fit in. So in my perception, a lot of the time that is a conversation that is still kind of a big question mark around it and it shouldn't be because it's pretty straightforward so that's kind of my concept on it and i'll let aiden kind of think and share his thoughts on it too mm-hmm. no i think peyton pretty much like nailed it right on the head growing up it's like i thought gender and sexuality were the same thing and for the longest time i was very very confused but to me, gender is basically what you have, well, not you, what you have, what you are in your brain. And basically, it is what, like, it's made up of your thoughts and, you know, your subconscious and 
your conscious, whatever it may be. It's basically like it's all in your brain and it's who you are as a person, like gender, male or female or, you know, anything in between. But sexuality is completely different. It is basically who you are attracted to. And at the end of the day, if you are, you know, your sexuality is straight and you are a female, then obviously you like men and, you know, vice versa, you like women. But it doesn't correlate with your gender at all. And in no point in time do they, you know, run paths, so to speak. So it definitely is super different and gender and sexuality you know, you can claim to be male and be bisexual, but that doesn't make your gender change whatsoever. You're, you're still a male, so, so to speak. So it's like, they're two different things, but people always mix them up and they think it's the same thing. And it's funny because <laughs> I'm actually going to tell you a story now, if you don't mind me telling you a story. Okay, so I came out as trans to this one girl one time. And it was the beginning of my transition. And I told her that I was a trans male. And she was like, okay. And over time, I became a little bit more comfortable with my sexuality. And when I came out as trans male, I was straight. So I liked women. And over time, as a oh, five years, yes, yeah, five years have gone by, right? Then basically, I felt like, okay, I am a little bit more comfortable now with my sexuality. I Maybe I don't have to be... Like, I don't have to be claimed to be straight. Like, uh, my sexuality is so fluid now, and I'm so comfortable with myself that maybe I could like men. So that's what I'm telling myself. Like, to this day, I still think, like, I could be bi, right? But before, I never, like, I was so uncomfortable with myself that I wouldn't even want to be bisexual. So over time, my friend kind of like, she was like, okay, so now... You're telling me, like five years ago, you told me that you're a trans guy, but now you're telling me that you like men. So why did you decide to transition into a man if you're still going to like men? That doesn't make sense to me. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to say her name, but I was kind of like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. Like, what are you talking about? Just because I identify as a trans man and I like male, I like male, I mean men now, doesn't make me less of a, a trans man. I'm still a trans man. Like, how does that correlate, right? So, like, that was a story that I'm trying to, like, get across because people, like like my friend here, they always think it's the same thing. And it's completely different. Like, just because I'm a trans male, I can still like men. That doesn't make me less of a man, you know? Say vice versa, you know? Just because you're a, a trans female doesn't make you, you know, less of a female because, you know, you like females. So it doesn't correlate, guys. But people always mix it up. And I think it's our, not our duty, but it would be nice for us to educate people out there that, you know, it's not the same thing and people can be different things and it's okay, you know? So yeah, that's kind of like my little rant there. Do you guys feel, thank you both for sharing that. Thank you, um, Aiden, for sharing your story. But do you guys ever feel like, for me, I just feel like whatever your sexuality is, that should be private. Like, why do I have to... I don't know when that became such a thing in this world to like have to put it on your forehead and walk around like, oh, I like, it's like, I mean, 
geez, that's the whole point of life is to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And the only way to know what you like and what you don't like is to fucking try it. I don't know why anyone would have to explain their sexuality to anyone. To me, it's such a personal thing. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's more confusing for us because like, we're a lot of the time, some of us trans guys were gay before because we we're still trying to figure out where we fit in. And a lot of the time it was just on our path to figuring out who we really were. So I'm thinking right. for myself, like I came out as gay first and that wasn't what it was. And I kept going and, right. and searching and then found what it was. But then when I came out as trans, people assume that I'm still kind of gay in a way. And it's like, that's not how it works. But who cares right. if it was? Right. Like who cares if I all of a sudden I came out trans and I, I like men or, you know, men and women, like there shouldn't be this big hate towards it. Like I like whoever I like, whoever likes me, like that should be how it is. But they put right. other kind of big extra few steps ahead of us when it shouldn't be that hard. How is it dating? Um, well, I think because both Aiden and I have only really had, well, I've had one partner since I came out, but it, I, I'd want to say that it was kind of like, I had a lot of questions about it. Like, are you sure you don't like men or do you only like women? Like, you know, and even if I did say that I liked both, they kind of were like, weird about it and it's like it shouldn't be that weird because whoever likes me and I like them and there's a connection and like my mom said to me yeah. just whoever makes you happy I'm happy so right. there shouldn't be such a big black and white around it so since I've only had one partner I haven't had much of an issue mm-hmm. um, but going forward I'm, I'm going to be interested to see like whoever I end up with eventually one day like if there's going to be any kind of questions or stereotypes around it or like how it's going to go. So that's my experience, but I let Aiden speak for his experience. Mm, definitely. I've dated a couple of people ever since coming out as trans. Cause it's been like five years now. And I've been in maybe like one serious long-term relationship throughout that time. And It's definitely interesting because when my partner or partners figure out that I could possibly like men, they're kind of like, wait, so you are still a trans guy, right? And I'm kind of like, yeah, but how does that correlate to, you know, who I like? And then that question leaves them thinking for a good couple of seconds because they're trying to like connect the dots and they're like, wait, wait a minute. No, you're right. That doesn't even correlate. And I feel like it's asking that question to people that honestly makes them think about what they're asking. That is really the sweet spot that you want to, you know, so you're not making it seem like you know everything, but at the same time, it's, it makes them think that, you know, maybe their thought process and what they're thinking right now may not be necessarily right so it's you know making them question themselves and at the end of the day i think that's pretty much like all we can do as trans people we can get like we can teach people things but at the end of the day if they don't want to be taught those things they're not going to listen to you and you know if we make them question themselves that is the best way we can go about it because you know, they're not going to be like, oh, wait, maybe I am, I'm right or maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, it's those questions that make them actually think. Then from those thoughts, they can actually come up with proper understanding of where we're coming from. So, yeah, I think that's me. And, I, and it's definitely a weird process, but it's been a learning process, definitely. So, yeah. 
when you're like, say both of you were on a dating app, would you both put that your trends in the description? Yeah. So since I first came out, I have always put it in the bio because I don't think it's fair to, to lead anyone on and give them a misconception of it, you know, or confuse them in any way or waste their time or my time. So since I ever was on Tinder or Bumble or whatever app I use when I first met my partner, like yeah. it's always been on my bio. And I feel like that's fair going forward or even just, even if there's no option to put it in your bio, I still will tell them straightforward, like just so you know, right. and if they want to continue great, if they don't, so be it, move on, you know, I'm not going to waste my time. So, or their time, you know? Right. So yeah. I definitely like to be honest and open because I am honest and open. I don't want to wait till like the ninth date to be like, Hey, guess what? And then they're like, Whoa, you know, or as we get like mm-hmm. kind of physical and touchy and they're like, excuse me, I definitely feel like it's fair going forward to do that. Has either one of you ever been in a situation where someone didn't take that well? Like, because, you know, sometimes we do hear some not so good stories, you know what I mean? Of someone just being honest and, and then they just get beat up or something. I mean, why? It's, it's. Yeah. Well, I had one girl like kind of give me a hard time for it when I matched, like it was newly me after being single, I went onto a couple of apps just to see if I was ready. And I wasn't obviously, but this one girl was like, sorry, I only like men who have dicks. And I was like, that's fine. But just the way she said it kind of was a bit like a stab. It wasn't like a polite letdown. It was more like a reminding me that I don't have a dick. And it was like, cool. All right. Thanks for reminding me. So it was more of a jab and less of a, a polite, sorry, I'll pass. But she made a very clear point that reminding me that. And it was like, goodbye. <laughs> So that was that was fun. Aiden? Um, for me, I have never been in a situation where the person has taken it in a bad way. And I think it's because I'm a little bit less private than Peyton is when it comes to, you know, dating apps. And like I still go on there, but like at one point I used to have it and I took it down because I'm the kind of person that like if I don't know you and like, it's not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to tell you that I'm trans. And, like, obviously, if you swipe right and I swipe right and we get a conversation going, then I will bring it up that I'm trans. But I'm not going to put it in my bio because I feel like it's not for everyone to know. And everyone pretty much knows it, even if you don't match. Like, even if they swipe left, they'll see that you're trans. And I feel like I don't want to be, like, that out to everyone. I want to be, like, kind of subtle about it. And... For the past couple of years, I've been passing pretty well. So I don't want to be, you know, be put into a specific category, whatever it may be to them. They may view me as maybe not even like a guy. They may still see me as a woman because they think being trans means, you know, you're not actually male or female, whatever it may be. So then in that sense, that's kind of transphobic in a way. But it's definitely... People have definitely come a long way, I could say, which is why I haven't had too many negative experiences. There has been one time where I told a girl that I was trans and she said she was okay with it, but she actually wasn't. But nothing really bad came out of it, you know? She wasn't like violent or anything or she didn't like tell her friends to find out where I live to come beat me up. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, okay, yeah, you're trans, cool. And then she slowly like backed away. You know, that kind of thing. So it was like that. That was the worst quote-unquote experience that I've ever had. It wasn't like, you know, what Peyton went through. I can't imagine someone saying that to me. That would be very 
triggering. So yeah, that's kind of like my little experience with, you know, negativity when it comes to being trans. No, I totally understand Aiden's point too, because I, I agree it's good to be a bit private and settled that way. I think the only reason why I do it is because I've had some people tell me to do it. And I think I was then persuaded because I felt like it was the right thing to do. Maybe this person really did a big toll on me. I don't know. But I just feel like I think it was fair to do it. And I'm not against Aiden's point at all. I think I would still be doing the subtle part too, because I'm trying to be a little bit more private with stuff. But I think this person impacted me a lot that it still sits with me. And if I feel like if it's not on there, I'm like, oh, crap, I have to put it on there because I feel like it's the fair thing to do. Yeah. But I have one story. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember who told me the story, but it was a friend of mine and I'm trying to, I'll get back to you when I remember it, but they basically said they went to a club. It was in the States and they were kind of hanging out with this girl and having a good time. And then the girl was a little bit drunk and she tried to like feel the person up below their pant line and was trying to be pushy and persistent. And my friend said like, can we not do this? And they kept trying to be like, well, what's in your pants? I want to know. And like, and so this friend was very triggered. And I think after that, they kind of withdrew altogether from going out to social events because this, I think alcohol had a big toll too, but they felt really manipulated and like sexually assaulted kind of. And so I really want to remember who it was, but I remember them telling me once and it, I felt sad for them that this happened because they weren't trying to be so public about it, but then they were like pretty much assaulted. And it, I feel sad for them that this happens because the person didn't believe that they were trans and they kept pretend that they weren't. And so that still sits with me to this day, you know, that this kind of thing happens, even out on a dance floor or in public, you know, or wherever they are, like a social setting of some sort. So I just remember that now. People are ruthless. Dude, that's terrifying. <laughs> Holy crap. Maybe. People are ruthless. <laughs> right? Like who the hell does that? Well, apparently that person, but that's kind of messed up, dude. <laughs> How do you guys feel about... Like, are you both planning on getting surgery completely? Like, do you, I mean, because to each his own, right? And everyone has things that they like and don't like. And you don't even have to answer this. I guess I'm just asking just to see if, if you would be willing to answer. And if not, please don't don't worry about it. Just question. Yeah, no, I think the top surgery was the biggest thing for me. It really was what I was waiting for. And the day that I had it, I was so happy. I didn't cry at all. I wasn't nervous. It was like one of those surgeries that you'd just been wanting for so long that the only thing you had was joy. So that was the biggest hurdle that I overcame and I'm so much happier now. Going forward though, I'm not going to say I'm against getting more. I don't know right now in my time of life if I would want more based on my discomfort of how everything's are with my body and everything, but I don't think that it would make me any less of a man if I got it or not. So I kind of wanted a hysterectomy, but I don't know yet if I want that still. It's kind of just been in the back of my head. And after that, like, I don't know if I want more. I'm just happy with how things are and and how my body is. So it's a question mark. And who knows? I might want it. I might not. So, But the top surgery was the biggest one. And that completed me more than I can even imagine. Yay. I'm just glad that you found, like, that happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Aiden? Um, that's pretty much like I'm on the same kind of page as Peyton. I got top surgery around I think two years ago now. And it's probably one of the best decisions I have ever made in my entire life because the dysphoria has definitely alleviated itself off my chest. And I no longer have to, you know, 
slouch when I walk. And when I, you know, when I talk to people, I feel like a sense of confidence that I never really used to have. And it's definitely, it was like a life changing decision. I'm not going to lie. And to this day, I'm still like pretty grateful that, you know, it went smoothly. And like moving forward, I definitely do want bottom surgery. It's just a matter of when the technology is good enough to avoid any complications or anything like that. Because talking to a couple of my friends who were, you know, trans men as well, they are on the same page as me. They feel like, you know, technology is still not up to date. So complication rate could be like 50-50, which is still pretty high if you think about it. But I think my dysphoria has definitely moved from, you know, my top to my bottom now but it's not like as big I mean it's not as much as it was as before because the top surgery has definitely you know gotten rid of a lot of my dysphoria but yeah I think bottom surgery is definitely in the future it's just a matter of when and a matter of you know where I am in my life you know so yeah I think that's my answer no that's great yeah I was gonna ask you guys about that because I actually I watched some documentary the other day and it was about trans men who had gotten the surgery and then they like regretted it just because like everything that they were promised, like they didn't have any feeling or anything or even, and also it was like a trans woman as well. And oh God. And she was like, you know, the hole isn't big enough. And even then, like, I can't feel anything. And it was just so heartbreaking because I don't know. I just wish doctors would just be a little bit more open and honest and like, don't take someone's money, like really make sure that, you know what I mean? Like this is, it's more than just like, oh, I'm going to give you some boobs, like a plastic surgery type of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's, it's even deeper than that. So yeah, I think that's partly why I've been a little skeptical about it because I've seen some reviews and people's stories about it. And I think that the, like Aiden said, the standard isn't there yet as much as top surgery is. Like, I think they've mastered it to a T now, no pun intended. But the bottom surgery stuff is still kind of like a bit of a wishy-washy sort of surgery where it can go both ways. It can go really well or really bad. And then you have tons of complications and you get more depressed and it's like back and back and more surgeries. And it's just, you know, your body could reject it or not. Like it could be a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of things in the air. So, and you're dealing with a vulnerable part of your body too. So that's the thing for me. Like, and I think that's why I'm not quite there yet because I just don't think uh, I'm ready to put myself through that because it's a expensive B if it doesn't go well, or if something happens, then I'm, you know, like it just, there's a lot of things that I'm still playing with that idea. But I think for the top surgery, that's the definite thing for a lot of trans guys is to, to relieve that dysphoria, to have a male chest and to just live a healthier, happier life because there's less weight on you and less like, pain to look at yourself in the mirror you know so and it's a a little bit of a more structured surgery that it goes well there's like less complications no matter what you choose so Mm -hmm. no i agree dude like when i was first debating on like bottom surgery i was watching all of these youtube videos and majority of the videos on youtube were negative because all of these trans men were getting bottom surgery and the outcome wasn't what they expected and they were pretty much like miserable a lot more miserable than they were before they got the surgery. So they couldn't walk. They couldn't go to the bathroom. They couldn't go outside. They couldn't 
like you know do anything by themselves pretty much and that complication lasted for over a year so imagine going through that for over a year and pretty much like not being able to go about your everyday life and thinking this surgery like imagine the day before your surgery you're going in thinking wow my life i'm gonna wake up and my life's gonna be changed and little do you know that change is gonna fuck you up sorry for my language forever like you don't even know for a fact that complication can be fixed and even if it is fixed it could like there's a rate that it could still come back like that's a scary thing and you know doing all of this research it makes you think wow like the rate of you having, you know, a dick and being happy and... But at the end of the day, a dick doesn't really make you a man. So it's like, what exactly, like, is the risk here are you are you taking? So you could basically be happy, but have the risk of never being able to feel it ever again. And that is truly terrifying if you think about it. Or you could get it and the percentage, maybe like a... A 30-40% chance that it comes out okay, and then you're happy. Okay, that, that's pretty good. But like, do you want to take that risk? That's really scary, dude. So it's like, you have to really think about it, and you really gotta um, be sure that you want to do it. And know for a fact that after the surgery, like, you are okay with the fact that it might not come out okay. Like, that is a scary part, and you gotta, like, go into surgery being okay with that. And a lot of trans men on YouTube, they are doing that. Like, they know for a fact that it's not gonna come out perfect, but they still go through with it. It's because of the dysphoria. And they know for a fact that they would rather live the rest of their life having a dick and not feeling it than live another second in their body with what they were born with. And it's that, like, just think about that for a second. And... It's just the amount of dysphoria that people have to go through, that trans men have to go through. And, you know, it's a world that no one, like, people don't know the amount of, you know, shit that trans men have to go through. And we have to educate them. And I guess, you know, all of those resources out there, it's good that they're out there because we can easily go to it and we can learn from, a lot from it, from other people's experiences, whether it may be negative or positive, but we just take away from it. And, you know, it's good. But at the end of the day, we just got to really like think about it and know for a fact that it's what we want. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're so right. And like, you know, you were saying that it, it's a lot. How are the doctors? Are they there to support you? And like, are they helpful? How does, how does it work? Like, I hope so. I, well, yeah. I think in Canada, it might be a little bit different, <laughs> honestly. But I chose a doctor. I had actually had two in my mind. But the first one I went with was kind of on a medical leave. So, But I, I chose one that I was so happy with his results and his work. And I know that a lot of people want someone who has bedside manner and all this, like, all this stuff. But to me, I was happy with him from start to finish. From the consult to the surgery to the end result. He was professional. He had enough bedside manner that I was okay. My mom was okay. He did an amazing job. I wouldn't have picked a better surgeon. He went through all the options with me. And so for me, I felt like he was exactly who I was wanting to do my surgery. And it showed from start to finish. And it even put my mom at ease too, like because it's scary for her too, of course. So putting everyone through it. And so I think we all left feeling 100% like confident and comfortable that it was exactly who we chose and wanted and stuff so i don't know like i think canada is pretty up to speed with the surgeons and uh, the results and everything so for me i was happy with it so that's my answer for that 
Mm. Yeah, dude. No, I agree. I think being in Canada, it's definitely a lot easier than you know trans healthcare in America. So we're lucky on that. But like, I agree with Peyton. My surgery definitely went really well, and the doctor I couldn't have asked for a better surgeon because I actually Peyton recommended him to me, and so did my doctor. So yeah, I was like, okay. Two recommendations. So I'm gonna check him out. So I did, and obviously it came out really well. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. So moving forward, I know like after that we have to obviously find a family doctor. And sometimes finding a family doctor in Canada for trans healthcare isn't the easiest because it the market I not market the people who are trying to get in with a doctor. There's so many trans people out there, but not that many trans doctors in Canada. So I think that's why it's so hard for trans people to get the correct. Healthcare that they need, and you really gotta like you have to go through waitlist after waitlist, and then from there on, you gotta like have to change your name to not be misgendered when you go to the doctor's office, and all of these things that you have to go through that you don't normally think about. Um, the normal person doesn't think about, and it's like it's definitely a long process, but at the end of it, I would say it's worth it. And you gotta take that amount of time to find a doctor that you really. Resonate with and a doctor who, if they say they're trans friendly, you gotta make sure that they actually are trans friendly, and they're not just saying that. Because I have encountered a couple of doctors who claim to be all about LGBTQ community, but at the end of the day, they still misgendered people and they still call them by their birth names. And okay, like you call yourself that, but are you really though? And it people don't realize that. Just because you're a trans-friendly doctor doesn't actually make you like a trans-friendly ally, you know. And people gotta realize that you just gotta like take the time to find the right doctor for you and the doctor who knows their trans stuff, basically. And there's not a lot of people like that in Vancouver or like Canada for that matter. So it's definitely difficult. And yeah, I think there could be more. We could do better with that. And at the end of the day, I guess with time it will get better. But as for right now, I think we're doing the best that we can do in Canada anyway. So yeah. How do you guys like? Do you feel comfortable going to a regular doctor? Like, say something was happening, you're like, shit, I need to go to the doctor. I don't feel good today. Would you go see a normal doctor and like, or do you not feel comfortable? Like, would you rather go see a doctor that's trans friendly? I mean, it definitely adds. A benefit to know that they know and then they're kind of specialized in that kind of area mm-hmm. but if it was kind of life and death i would have to go because no. i have no choice like i don't know what's mm-hmm. going on if i'm bleeding or whatever you know or something's happening like i'd be scared for my life i would have to go because yeah i have no choice and i would i would address it and then hope to god that they are open enough to make me feel comfortable i mean like i said it would be nicer if they were trans friendly but Like Aiden said, there's not many options. And I don't know, maybe it's just in BC or in Canada too, but for someone to be open and educated in the trans field makes it 100% easier and more comfortable. But in life and death, I think I would have to go because I have no choice. Like, I don't think I could get my doctor in time. So I, I would have to definitely go through with that. And that would be traumatizing for sure. Like back in the day when I was doing all the blood tests and ECGs and stuff before I started my hormones, I went to the hospital thinking it would be fine, but it was a very dysphoric moment for me. And I was a bit traumatized by it, even just for a simple ECG. And that was in my hometown of all places. I, like, I don't know if it was just the type of person I had that day or I don't know what it was, but that was, of course, before hormones started. But I don't know now it might be a little different, but 
it was traumatizing for me. So, mm. but I would have to because it's my life and death. You know what's weird? It's like sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, when you say that a doctor like specializes, is there a difference between a doctor who is trans friendly or a doctor that is specialized? Because for me, a doctor is supposed to know the human body. So what do you mean? You know what I mean? And I'm sorry, I, I just, it's just mind boggling. You know what I mean? Like, you're a doctor. You're supposed to know the human body inside and out. What do you mean? It's heartbreaking a bit. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't like hearing that. It's, that's very sad. Yeah, even like for finding a therapist too, it can be challenging for us. Like, we both have now found a therapist that we both like and, and trust, but a lot of them don't specialize or focus clearly on LGBT issues and, and struggles. So I don't know why that, like you're right, I don't know why that's such a difficult thing for us to find. But maybe in healthcare, it depends on trans people and like their hormones and, and that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if that plays a different role than a regular doctor. Like, I don't quite know why that's not just like a regular thing. We can just go into the doctor and be like, here, help me with my issues. But we feel that much more comfortable going to someone who kind of a, is aware of our hormones and our transition and our everything we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That makes it a bit easier. Like it shouldn't be that way, yeah. but I think, you know, that's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure it, w- it would make it easier for you. You know what I mean? But, and and I think mentally, absolutely. Then, you know, there needs to be a doctor who's, or a therapist who's specialized. But when you say a doctor, yeah. you know. The way you put it, it, it does kind of baffle me and surprise me that that isn't just like that you just go to a doctor and you're taken care of. But for some reason, it's just become a thing now. I don't know why. So I'll let Aiden men, like speak up too for his thoughts. Mm-hmm. No, no, dude. Like I 100% feel you. I feel like if you're a doctor and you went into the profession, you obviously did it for a reason to help people, right? And if you're going to help people, you are basically agreeing that the person, it doesn't matter whether they're white, black, yellow, pink, green, whatever, you got to help them because they're a living, breathing thing. And it doesn't matter if they are a shitty person or anything of that sort. It's your duty to help that person. And if a trans person comes to you and they're asking if something is wrong with them and you can't give them the healthcare that you so went into the profession to do to begin with, then why are you a doctor, dude? Like, you gotta be able to help trans people or any person for that matter. So you know the human body better than anyone does. So who are we supposed to go to? Like... A dentist? Like, what? That doesn't make sense. You've got to do your job, dude. Like, I don't understand why it's so hard for trans people to get healthcare. Shouldn't that just be called regular healthcare? Like, it shouldn't even be a different sector, <laughs> you know? So you're studying the human body. Like, you should know how men, like, certain, like, trans men have testosterone in them. So you got to, like, figure out, like, the certain levels that certain testosterone levels that it's healthy, right? And you should know what a regular healthy testosterone level is because you went to school for it. Isn't that like, shouldn't that be easy? But it, it's not for them because they think it's a completely different thing. It's like, okay, a trans male is coming to me. I see them as a female. They're not a trans male, but I'm a trans friendly doctor. So I still have to, you know, give them care, but they don't know their shit. I'm sorry. D- Peyton, remember that time when I had that issue with the doctor? 
yeah, Peyton remembers. So I had this one issue. I went to get blood work done, and this still pisses me off to this day, because the lady did not specialize in trans care whatsoever, but she claimed that she did, okay? So I got my blood work done, and she was like, oh, uh, your T levels are super, super high. I think that's really abnormal. You should get that checked out. And she said that to me. And that left, like, I'm a hypochondriac. It's hypochondriac. That's the word where you freak out over everything, right? Over your health. I am that. So when she said that to me, I left. I was really freaked out because I thought I was going to die at the end of the day. I was like, crap, my T levels are over the roof. I'm going to like, you know, get cancer and I'm going to die. So that's my thought process all the time. And basically she left me like when I left the doctor, I felt worse than I did going in. So after that, my actual doctor who actually specializes in trans, trans stuff, she calls me and she's like, oh, hey, the other doctor who gave you the information, it wasn't true. Your T-levels are actually fine, and uh, you have nothing to worry about. And I was like, what are you talking about? That lady, she said she knew what... She was a trans-friendly doctor. What do you mean? And she was just like, oh, yeah, no. She didn't know what she was talking about. And she said it in, like, such a casual way. Like, it was not a big deal. And if she did that to me, little did she know that she probably is doing that to everyone else out there who was trans as well. So, like, why is it so hard for people to get trans care. That is the question that we're trying to like figure out here. And to this day, it's been like years, no decades since trans people existed, but still we can't find the proper healthcare for them. And I think it's terrible and we could do better in that field, but we're not. So I don't know. It It's just something that we should talk about more often because if we talk about more often, it, it gives it more light to the subject and if we do that people will be more aware of it and i think that is the best thing we can do to bring light to the topic and you know awareness so yeah damn i wish we had a doctor you know what i mean right (laughs) i know like what is your problem (laughs) where did you learn (laughs) bashing on doctors right now bashing no we love we love you doctors but we we do we do that's just I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I genuinely am, like, scared and sad because, I mean, any doctor should know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it just it just baffles me, like, when he was saying that, like, all humans have a bit of form, like, testosterone and estrogen in their body. So why is it only mm-hmm. us? Like, we have to go to a certain person to talk about our hormones, you know? And then with him, like, I was traumatized for him that he had to go through that because... We're all just trying to balance our hormones and find the best dose for us to keep it all level so we don't kill ourselves and our organs, you know? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had to go through hell to get someone to tell him, like, whoa, that's not right, you know? Like, that's not okay. Like, why do we have to go onto Google and type in trans family doctor or trans family therapist? Like, it should just be like, go to everyone and not have to feel that awkward feeling, like, that everyone should be accepting of us and not have to go through that whole typing in Google or. The awkward feeling of like, will they accept me? Will they support me? Will they give me health care? Like, it's like a big question mark to them if if we're trans, if they're not comfortable with it. Like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, doctors well, are doctors. Also just, I just hate that she was like, your T-levels are high. It's like, well, okay, so aren't you the doctor? I mean, like, if they're high, does that mean something? Do you have a solution? Like, what does that mean? Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, was that a right? fact? Or what was that? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Thanks. Right? Exactly. <laughs> So I feel like if she would have done her job and like asked a bit more questions, she would have been like, oh, okay, great. Got it. You know what? 
give me five minutes. I'll come back and double check and just make sure. Let me just check your charts again. Let me just make sure it's correlating with your history. Oh, you're looking great. You're doing awesome. Send you on your way. Thanks, Aiden. You know what I mean? What? Dude, you're a better doctor than she was. <laughs> Holy I crap. Oh, gosh. Doesn't that like infuriating to know that people like claim to be trans friendly doctors but can't even get the most basic fundamentals down when it comes to you know the trans journey because testosterone is basically the first thing that people go through when they start their journey and you should know like when you inject testosterone in you your levels go up like that's normal but it's just a matter of finding the proper dose for you and it's like a trial and error thing but with time you can find that like Peyton and I have been on testosterone for about five almost six years now Mm -hmm. so it's definitely leveled out. I mean, yeah, leveled itself. So we don't have to go to the doctor as often as we did before. But I know there are trans people out there who are just starting off. And it's definitely a struggle trying to even get in with a doctor, let alone have them, you know, call them by their correct pronouns and names. So it's just like a really traumatizing process for a lot of trans people. And I guess like most folks out there don't really realize that. And they think being trans is like all rainbows and fairies and it's all like happy and stuff but it's not like that majority of the time so yeah (laughs) that's just quite interesting because as a doctor you should know different like hormone levels or testosterone levels and so if someone's coming to you i mean it and that's what i mean it's like if someone is coming to you when i say someone i mean anyone is coming to you you should be able to help what do you mean that you need it I can't, I can't talk about it or else I'll talk about it for the next 20 minutes. I have to move on because I'm, I'm upset. That's. No, I feel you. That's Definitely. just, I mean, okay. Anyway, I need to move on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How do you guys feel about this new movement that's going on in the U.S. where people are allowed to, I guess, express more of themselves in like elementary school and things like that how do you guys feel about all of that you know because I think for me like whenever we we speak about like it it doesn't matter what your sexuality is or who you like or do you do whatever you do but there's also this like thing where it's like in the past 50 years it's increased and I'm like no people have always been people since back in the day Don't think that this is just like a new craze or a new thing or this like quote unquote new. It's like, no, the humans have been this since forever. Just maybe we didn't document it, but everyone was different or do you know what I mean? I I don't know. How do you guys feel about this whole new thing that everyone's saying it's new? It's not new. It's just that no one really wanted to bring it up until now for some reason. And like, I know reading some articles, like parents are trying to be more supportive of their kids at an early age, which is great. But like, why not five years ago? Why not? Like, why now? Like your kids probably were afraid to come out because they didn't feel safe. And then they were hiding and then going through their struggles and no one was there to help them. And then put them into school, which is like just as scary and traumatizing too. And then they didn't feel safe there either, you know, and then bullied and picked on in bathrooms or whatever, like. It's not new. It's just no one wanted to bring it up and address it. So until finally someone said, let's address it. And it's like, well, you're like mm, 10 years late for this, you know, like 
it's not new. <laughs> and that's my feeling on it. And I think it should have been addressed a long time ago. So not even just for high school or elementary, but like any age group, like it's not new. It is not new. That's my final point. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, dude, I agree. Like, I feel in like in high school, it was never a thing. And, you know, people wouldn't talk about it because it was, I guess, quote unquote, frowned upon. And if you talked about it, you would be seen as weird because being trans was weird, basically. And it wasn't normal. But like, I think it was because we were surrounded by so many people who told us that being trans was not normal. We grew up thinking that it wasn't normal. And that was why like even our families told us that it wasn't normal. So our environment and everything in pretty much like influenced who we are today because we grew up thinking, okay, trans is not normal. So what exactly are we doing here? But like people don't know any better. Like people have always existed. Like trans people have always existed. And you can't just say, oh, just because they like I've never like encountered a trans person in my lifetime doesn't mean that they don't exist. Like they're everywhere and they're, they're just passing really well. You don't know that they're trans. You could meet like a man the next like tomorrow you can meet someone on the street and they claim to be a trans man but you don't know that they're a trans man you could just see them as a man so why are people like so stuck upon trans people looking a certain way and you know all of these things when it's just like the way you perceive them and trans people don't have to live up to your expectations or whatever like whatever standards that you hold up to them. And if they don't meet it, just because it doesn't mean that they're not trans, they're still trans, like I said before. And it's just like the education part of it and people being more, like the internet being more accessible nowadays and YouTube being more accessible, people can easily search things up, they can educate themselves. And I feel like as kids, the reason why there are so many kids nowadays who are coming out as trans is because the internet is more accessible, like I said before, and they can easily look things up on YouTube and they can be inspired easily by anyone. And it's not to say that these kids aren't trans. We don't, like, I can't say that and no one can tell them that. They have a right to speak up and they have a right to say what they feel. If a little boy at the time feels, wants to be feminine and they want and they identify as a girl, let them speak up. And if they truly feel that, let them dress like it. And over time, if they don't identify with it, they will grow out of it and they won't continue doing that. Just let them be who they are and don't try to you know, force them into your little bubble of being a boy or being a girl or being whatever you want them to be. Just let them be themselves, you know? And that's the best way kids can grow. If you don't want your kid growing up to be angry and hateful or whatever, you know, they can grow up to be, then let them be themselves because most of those angry kids out there, they have like people suppressing how they are supposed to act. That is why they bully people. That is why they hate themselves so much. So it's our duty to be trans and it's, you know, let it shine and be yourself. Because at the end of the day, if someone hates you for being yourself, it's not so much a reflection of who you are, it's a reflection of who they are as a person. They're clearly so insecure in themselves that they can't even like, you know, hold back their thoughts of what they think of you. So it's just a matter of having, I guess, the power to stand up for ourselves and, you know, letting kids just be themselves because 
we don't want to live in a world where kids are suppressed of their feelings because in the future, we're just going to have a bunch of angry adults and we don't want that, right? So yeah, just let people be themselves. And I think that's all I really have to say because if any adult is listening to this and you have a kid at home who wants to, you know, self-expression and you don't want to, you want to suppress it, don't do that. Let them be themselves and just see where it goes. And if they're hurting people, then don't let them do that. Speak out and try not to lead them down a negative path. But if it's a positive path and the only way that they could get better is grow, then who are you hurting exactly? Yourself, maybe? Like, they're not living up to your standards. But, you know, it as a parent, you should love them regardless. So that's kind of like all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting, like, transphobia is real. You know what I mean? And depending on where you are also around the world, it gets intense, you know? Totally. Like my brother just had his first kid in August. And they said to me at one point, like, we want her to be whoever she wants to be, gay, bi, trans, whatever. That's what we should be hearing, you know? And even a coworker of mine, her husband called me for some advice on a family friend or whatever. So personal question about trans and stuff. And even he said to me on the phone, your podcast has helped because I want my kid to be whoever they want to be. And that is beautiful because those two people, it shows that they're aware of the issues and the struggles in society. But they're letting their kid be who they want to be and express themselves how they want to be without the negative society coming in and being like, no, it's a boy and that's it. No, yeah. like they want to be gay, bi, trans, whatever. Let them do that. Let them be who they want to be. So they're going to raise them in a household where they can be whoever they want to be and they'll support them and love them. It's also like, let your kid tell you who they are. Don't tell them who they should be. Let them, Mm -hmm. give them the tools to be able to express to you who they are. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like, if you're going to have a kid, don't enforce your values and, you know, your thoughts onto them. Because like you said, Ashley, kids have a mind of their own and you got to love them regardless of it. Unless they're a serial killer, like I said before, that's not acceptable. But other than that, it's like, just love your kid. Like, what is the worst they can do? You know, like, what is the worst they can do? <laughs> I, I don't know. Serial killers need love, too. <laughs> oh, okay, from prison. From prison. No, because they, can you imagine? Here's the fucking crazy part, right? Imagine, like, a, this is off topic. Also, Zipporah just cut this out. But anyway, but like serial <laughs> killers, I've been like intensely reading about it. Do you know, like, they're just like literally born that, like, think about that. Like, you're just born that way. That's scary shit, dude. What do I mean? Born wanting to kill people, basically. Maybe I was born this Oh, way. yeah. <laughs> born to be a serial killer. No big deal, you know? Could you imagine something like that? That is insane. See, that's like the, the human brain right there. That is something that I'm so fascinated with is that they are born that way and their brain is shaped that way. Yeah. And they like, like even like psychopaths and all sorts of stuff. Like I watched a movie called Glass last night. So intense, right? Yeah. Like your personality change in a matter of seconds and they're both. Listen to that shit. I did a podcast on a girl who has like 20 different personalities. Listen, here's the thing though. So you watch that movie and that movie does it in a different way. But if you have multiple personality disorder, it is 90% 
that you developed that before the age of six because you were like so much trauma happened to you. Wow. I did not know that. You know what I mean? I did not know that. And that to me was so sad. Like that's like the most important thing before the age of six and that you were repeatedly like abused and traumatized. Dude, I can't imagine. Like remember the movie, the mom came out with a hot ironing thing. Remember? Did you watch the movie? Yeah. And she came out with a hot iron and, you know, like. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Yeah. She beat the shit out of him too. She was just like. Yeah, so the girl that I did my podcast on, she didn't feel comfortable telling me what happened and I didn't like push it too much. But basically, she was raped by her dad and her dad's friends, just like. And I had to like really swallow that and grasp that before the age of six years old. Wow, that's fucked up. So your mind basically helps you survive and creates another world for you to live in. So you can survive. Escape from the trauma, right? Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's intense. Holy crap. Intense. Can't imagine going through something like that before the age of six, too. Where's the compassion from people, you know? Yeah. Dude, that's... I just don't get... That's fucked. Like, they have a kid and then they do that to them. It's like, same with when you have your pet and you throw them on the side of the road. Like... Yeah. It just, it baffles me. And, it, and no matter what story, it makes me so sad for them and sick to my stomach that that is how people are. And that's how they treat people. Right. Like no compassion, just like, like I can't, yeah. you know? Yeah. Can you lead us on the subject of transphobia? There you go. Oh, me. It's transphobia. You. Okay. Um, transphobia. I think being transphobic is basically refusing to let someone express themselves in the gender that they align with and transphobia can come in many ways it could come physically mentally verbally and yeah i think those are the three ways actually yeah those are the three ways that it could possibly come in and it could also like violence obviously leads to like the physical part of it and a lot of transphobic violence has been occurring around america lately and it's like all you hear about on the news it's not so much in canada like it still happens but it's not as filmed about like there was this one incident where i'm not sure if you heard about it peyton but it was like in a city not too far from where we are and this one trans girl she was in grade five and she came out as trans and literally she got beat up for it and this guy was recording it while she was getting beat up for being trans and it was all over the news and people were outraged because people like no one was doing anything about it and it was the bystander effect again like the person recording thinking someone's gonna step in but he was like contributing to it by recording it and not doing anything at the time and it's those people like the transphobic people who contribute to the fire and the bystanders who don't do anything about it it's like that is why there is so much like transphobia currently going on around the world and people just don't step in because they think other people are going to do something about it but they don't because majority of the time they're too scared to get involved and it's like that kind of thing that really turns people off when they want to step in. So 
yeah, I think like that's all I really have to say. That's messed up. You know, I I should read into that article, but dude, right? So I think I was also thinking too. I wonder, in a way, there's some sort of emotional transphobic people out there who it's kind of tied in with verbal, but it can be hitting closer and deeper than just words. Like that affects people longer, like long term. Mm-hmm. So it probably has a lot to do with the verbal, but it can be also hitting more underlying wounds, you know, and opening up wounds that are sensitive to some people. So it could be kind of tied in in a bracket off of verbal, but there are probably are a lot of people out there who do a lot of verbal transphobic abuse, you know, mm-hmm. when the, not even just physical, which can be traumatizing too. But the words I think can affect you just as much as a long-term physical hit or, or kick or whatever it is, you know, like, and you're right, like sometimes Canada isn't so bad, but there are situations that have come up that are, that happen here that are, and, and sadly more trans women than trans men, but not to say that trans men don't struggle too, like in high schools or bathrooms or public areas, you know, a lot of kids gang up on them and, you know, especially when they're newly starting their transition and they're not passing as much or, you know, whatever. So, but the physical part is, is traumatizing and it's sad and it hurts to see, especially like public transit, no one interferes with it and just lets it happen, you know? And like, I actually read the train the other day on the way to work and I could see a trans woman feeling pretty uncomfortable. So I acknowledged her and I kind of made her feel like I see you, you know? And I think that made her feel a little bit more at peace to know that, I don't know if she knew that I was trans, but I recognized that she was uncomfortable and I gave her a little, you know, acknowledgement behind the mask, of course. But it's just, it's sad that, that they, for some reason, have a harder time than trans men. Not to say that we don't have a hard time, but I feel like they're kind of the outliers in that way. And that happens. I'm just glad you guys are doing this podcast with me because I mean, the world just needs to wake the fuck up just a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. You 100%. Know? It's so like, I mean, sometimes I just speak to people and I'm like, you know, and it's not their fault sometimes, but I'm just like, where did you get this perception of the world? Where did that come from? You know, that there's just people who look like this, do this, only do this. Or what? I mean, the world, I, and I often look at people and I'm like, have you traveled? <laughs> you know, just like, a yeah. tiny bit. Like, no offense to my dad. I've mentioned this on the last topic or last episode we talked about, but I still can't get it out of my head. And no offense to him, but he sculpted us into an image of how he wants our life to look like. And as soon as I came out as trans, it did a whole 180. And he's not open to knowing my new life because he sees us as a brother and a daughter. And that's how it's always going to be. We're both going to have kids and get married and live a happy fairy tale life. But no, because now I've thrown a bullet in your so-called picture of us. You're not willing to get to know the new me. And that's why, like I was telling you, Ashley, and I've told Nate too, like our conversations don't go past the whole, hi, how are you? How's life? Okay, good. Goodbye conversation. And that's just sad. Like he's not willing to open his eyes and his ears to the new society and the new path that I'm on. And he's one of many who isn't open-minded to the fact that society is changing and it doesn't make us any less or different of people. Like that's just how it is. And it's sad. And I, it's still, it's hard for me to still go about life sometimes because my own father can't even see his new son and, you know, or his son in the path of life, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, if I were to bring a partner home, How's that going to go? Is it going to be open to it? Is it, you know, so maybe it's just his generation, his upbringing, but it's his kid. Like it's same with a mom bringing her trans kid to school for the first time. Like that's, it's a beautiful experience, but is it going to go well? It's hard to say. Like no one is open to it as much as they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we have to educate them on it? Like, why is that our place to educate people on? Mm-hmm. I have a question, Peyton, for you. So I was thinking, do you think that if the person, if it's an important person in your life, and they are acting the way that your dad is acting, it doesn't have to be your dad, it could be like a friend, or someone who is at one point really important to you. Do you think that it's important to give them time to accept us for being trans? Or do you think that what they are showing us for fate, like to begin with, is how they're going to be forever? Like, should we give them that chance to actually change as a person? Or do you think their ignorance is like, it's not tolerable and we shouldn't even, you know, associate ourselves with it? What do you think? It's a good question. I think it's just hard because it's my dad and I'm in a family that they want it to be all balanced. But I think coming now onto six years on hormones and there's been no change, I don't really have much to say about it because I can't expect more from him because I know how he is. And I think now that I've made peace with that part of it, I can go forward with my life and not have to be like, oh, is he right behind me? Like, is he catching up? Is he (laughs) staying up to date with my life? I think I've just made peace with it now that that's how it is. And I'm just going to go forward with my life either way. But I think because it's my only dad, I wanted him to be up to speed with stuff and to stay in the loop with my life. But now I just don't care if he wants to come along or not because I can't make him change because that's just who he is. So mm-hmm. I've just made peace with it. Yes. Ashley? Um, this is why I like hate this whole societal norm of parenting you know what I mean because your parent yeah like the whole mom dad family thing it it all looks and it all sounds good but it's unrealistic and your parents there is so much put on you when you're a kid like you need to do what your parents say and you need to do it so you can get that love from your parents and imagine Peyton if you didn't have that Imagine if you did not have that, how free you might be. But because society were taught, these are your parents, you need to love them, you need to respect them, you need to, and you're you're looking for that, you know what I mean? You are searching and, and that's okay because that's the way society has put, you know what I mean? That's the way we've trained ourselves. But if you did not have that, societal need to be fulfilled by that you would be out there living your best life and and i it's it's debilitating and it's not okay and i'm like here to change that because no <laughs> both of you wouldn't i mean I'm, I, and it's not to say you wouldn't be in this situation but maybe you would be further on your journey or you would have come out earlier or before you wouldn't have to go through so much turmoil it is, it's sad, you know? And like Aiden and I have had many, many conversations about our differences and our, and also our similarities too, because we've been through a lot of the same shit. So from relationships to personal issues, to struggles, to family stuff, like we've talked about a lot of stuff in our friendship and there's still lots of stuff to talk about. That's what makes us such good friends is because we can relate and we're also different, but we also are quite much the same. And And we can help each other through a lot of stuff. And I think that's why whenever he has a personal issue with his family or his own struggles, like we're both there for each other. And I feel so sad that his family has 
not accepted him and it has been a real big struggle for him. And I feel, I feel for his pain because I also feel that with my dad. And of course, not saying my life and my path was easy either, but I feel a lot more for him because it's not been easy for him. And I, I give him a hundred percent support because I want to be there through everything he's been through and all of the ups and downs and every day, you know, to check in and make sure he's okay. So because he still lives at home with his parents and he still sees them on a regular basis. Mm. And it's a totally different religion and generation and, and stuff that he's dealing with, but it's still not easy. We're all in this together, babe. My mom left me when I was six. She said, see, didn't want to see me ever again. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. We got your back, Aiden. Do you know what I mean? You need anything, pick up the phone. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, seriously. So much love. But if we hadn't had this thing of you need approval from your parents or your family, and you were taught at a young age that your life is your life, and we are here to facilitate you however you need to be, because it's your life, you know, mm-hmm. you would handle situations and life differently. That's like my main goal if I ever had a kid would it be like, dude. I don't fucking know. <laughs> That'd be my answer for everything. I don't fucking know, but I'm here to help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Figure it out. I'm here with you. Try it. If you don't like it, whatever you like it, whatever. It's your life. And it's it's that's- very true. It is your life. Exactly. And that's exactly what we should tell our kids. We love you regardless. I want you to be happy. Imagine your kid isn't happy and they're being bullied and picked on and they're miserable. That's what we want to see. We want to see them grow and be happy in who they are and to be loved unconditionally and supported. That's what we, that's what we want for our kids. Like That's what you want for yourself. We give birth to someone who's like our kid and we got to nurture them and protect them. Protect them. Like Give them love. Let them be who they want to be. Don't change them into someone they're not. It's going to make it worse for them down the road and for you too because they're going to pull away and you're going to lose your child. Wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wake up Love your kid. that acceptance button. Seriously, just accept it. 100% guys. You gotta love your child, yeah. right? If you don't, they're gonna leave. And once they leave, you're gonna be like, why did they leave? And you have really no one to blame but yourself. Because if they left, there's obviously some reason that they left. And, you know, you gotta think about it. And if you think that the reason that they left is because you know, it's all them and not you, then clearly there's an issue because kids don't just leave their parents suddenly. Like, we grow up looking up to you and we grow up, like, thinking that you're this person and if you turn out not to be that person, then obviously we put you up on this pedestal and you didn't live up to it. Then, like, what are we supposed to do as kids, right? Like, you're supposed to protect us. You're supposed to love us regardless of who we turn out to be. But you you can't do that. Then why are you even a parent, right? You got to think about these things before, you know, having a kid. And, you know, it's just like not responsible to have a kid and not love them unconditionally. Because if you have all of these conditions that they have to live up to, you're going to be disappointed because kids have a mind of their own. And you can't change the way that they think or feel. At the end of the day, if they're going to be that person... They're going to be that person, whether it may be 30 years, 40 years, or you could be dead and they could still be that person. It doesn't matter. You know, just 
if you want to be a part of their life, you will make it a priority no matter what. Even if they are trans or even if they're non-binary or anything, you will make it your number one priority to be in your kid's life because you're their parent and you love them no matter what journey that they want to go down. So, you know, it's just parents got to do that. And it's I don't know why it's so hard. I really don't know. And I wish I had the answer as to why parents have kids and can't love them unconditionally. It's like some phenomenon that is going on that people don't talk about because they think like parents have to no like kids have to love their parents regardless of what trauma that they inflict on them and whatnot but it's like not fair you know so it's just something that we've got to all talk about and yeah that that's like my little rant <laughs> we're the reality we're the wake-up call we are 100 in our families we are the wake-up call and you know it's not an easy journey but keep going and know that and be strong in that and be confident in that every single day. Find strength in that in your darkest days that you are the wake up call. And your purpose here was for something bigger, you know, and really try to find that in, in those darkest days. And hopefully your family can learn something. Not hopefully. They, they already have. They're just unwilling yet. to. You know, Some people take forever to process things or accept things or whatever and that's not our business it's not whatever they're going through is not our business that's their life but be confident in that every single day that you're actively changing the world you're and and you're actively changing the world by being yourself and people are so afraid to be themselves they don't even know what it's like and it's like yeah you know be yourself 100 percent. you guys are badass thank you no you're a badass <laughs> hear about us it's true though do you know what i mean like it, it's yeah i feel you such a lonely path sometimes i'm always like wow you know what i mean no parents no support i would rather be myself than someone i'm not exactly mm-hmm. and i think that's why i was so afraid for some time to come out not because i was ashamed or whatever but i was afraid because if i had opened my mouth and told them who i was it could go so many different ways yeah but at the same time when i went to my first appointment and did all the steps to start it i was smiling i was confident i didn't care i just did it because that was who i was and who i was inside all along and being pressured into someone i wasn't was like almost disgusting because i wasn't comfortable with it and it wasn't who i was inside so i opened my mouth i said who i was and i didn't look back if they're there or not you know Mm. i couldn't live in some body that i wasn't comfortable with anymore i couldn't suppress it anymore like it wasn't healthy it wasn't me so i did But that's always rough, you know what I mean? Looking back and realizing that no one's behind you. You're like, really? Yeah. Seriously? No. (laughs) It makes you, like, it definitely makes you a tougher person overall at the end of it all, right? Yeah. But I, we did it for ourselves. We don't do it for anyone else, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what a beautiful thing about ourselves is that we love ourselves that much that we were confident enough to do it and to not give a flying F about it, just to go for it, open the door, go in the appointment and start, you know? and that's what makes us like you said Aiden stronger and braver and have that self-love so don't let anyone stand in your way just be you use your voice and go for it take the plunge Aiden are you going to like leave home soon or how do you feel or what's your what's your plan yeah actually it's funny you brought that up because being in like 
the Asian culture and all, it's not really acceptable to leave your home unless you're married. So a lot of my Asian friends are also at home, but they don't have to deal with the fact that they're trans and their families aren't constantly, you know, misgendering them. So it's okay for them. But like for me, I want to eventually leave like this year. That would be ideal. So I don't have to constantly be in that kind of environment where you're it's toxic. So I truly believe that you cannot grow as a person unless you get out of that toxicity that you were in your entire life. So that like, I'm trying really hard to, you know, get out of that. So I can actually move forward and, you know, become the best version of myself that I can be. Because I don't think I can like, become the best version of myself if I'm still in that kind of environment that has always made me so anxious and, you know, depressed, right? So it's like me having that effort to get up and, I mean, not effort, the strength to get up and, you know, find another place and find other people who will truly accept me and love me unconditionally, regardless if we're family or not. And we're just like, you know, we're just people at the end of the day. And everyone needs love, you know? And if we don't get the love that we have at home, we're going to find it somewhere else. And, you know, no one can stop that. So, yeah, I I think hopefully by the end of this year, I can get out of the situation that I'm in and, you know, be in a better place. So, yeah. Can they hear you? Like, as you're No, recording? no, they can't. Because I'm, like, downstairs and they're, like, upstairs. Oh, okay. So we're good, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be funny, though, right? I was just ever wondering if anyone was ever like, what? Are you talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Comes in. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. (laughs) That would be funny. Yeah. But no, no, no. They can't hear me. Are you guys close though, Aiden? Like, do you feel like you're able to like speak about? No. (laughs) No, unfortunately not. So that's why like I go to my friends a lot of the time to talk about these kind of problems like Peyton and yeah, some other people. So we got to like, you know, be open to communication. And I think communication with, you know, having those kind of friends in your life, it definitely relieves that kind of tension that you have in your family because, you know, you're trying to find that support that you don't have. But yeah, I think I've found that support. So that's why like, I'm not really like, I'm trying not to let them get to me, which is why I'm trying, I'm like dealing with it low key. But yeah, I think it could be a better situation, which is why I want to eventually be out of it you know so yeah do you have brothers and sisters i can't remember if i asked you that only child only child yeah okay i wish i had brothers and sisters though that would be that would be a lot less like Mm -hmm. um tension or like stress put on me you know right yeah Yeah. i'll be your brother oh dude i am down low key you know (laughs) brother from another mother from another mister yeah i'll be like your white brother hey that'd be cool Right, that'd be awesome. Yeah, his mom calls me the watermelon boy. So, oh yeah, the watermelon boy. (laughs) I came over to help him once with something, and then she brought us watermelon, and then so I call I I call it the watermelon boy, but I don't know if she what she calls. No, dude, she does call you the watermelon boy. Well, that's good then. Yeah, because she loves watermelons, so she wanted to feed it to him one time, and Peyton ate it all. So she was like, oh, the watermelon boy ate all the watermelons. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, he loves his watermelons. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, my mom's, like, actually awesome, to be honest. Like, I love her, and she's really sweet. 
it's just like her I guess like how she grew up, you know, that's why her whole thought process and it, like she being stuck in the traditional times. But like, I still love her to death. But my dad is a completely different story. So I don't know why like the fathers in our family, like Peyton and I, they're so like unsupportive in so many ways. Not just like being trans, just like with our lives in general. And it's really weird, you know, but with like our moms, like they're accepting and they've definitely came a long long way and my mom like like I can't like even though she's not as supportive as she should be I still love her to death is what I'm trying to say because I'm at the end of the day she's like my mom and and how do I say it and she's like still trying is what I'm trying to say yeah she's putting an effort compared to everyone else in the family who doesn't put in any effort whatsoever and they just like ignore the fact that I'm trans but my mom she's like i can tell that there is progress compared to five years ago you know so it's Mm -hmm. better than nothing so that's right yeah so i'm I'm pretty happy i guess about that could be better though but yeah yeah it's interesting my boyfriend is half lithuanian half russian oh so being like i don't know if you guys have ever had the chance to go to russia i have holy fucking shit how is it fuck (laughs) it's a different like way of life you know and I went with my aunt and we were doing a show and the makeup no the the costume guy he was gay and so they were like he cannot leave the hotel what do you mean and the guy was brutally honest he's like it's already bad enough that you guys are black but the fact that he's gay but like they're like we can't help him in any way I mean, it's so it, it's just like a whole different life. You know what I mean? It, it's very different. So there's moments sometimes with with my own boyfriend where I'm like, you need to start realizing that this that the way you were brought up is just your perception of life that that's not actually life, you know. And so there's some moments where he's like, I don't know what I would do. And I'm like, well, you're gonna have to figure it out, buddy. You know, that's life. It's like mm, no, I so interesting. agree. It's interesting, like around the world and different cultures. You know what I mean? How things are accepted but not accepted. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I I agree, dude. Like it is definitely our our own perception growing up because you know, like our families and all that. They grew up not knowing any better, and they weren't taught all of these things. So clearly, now that you know they have kids and all of that, they're gonna put their what they believe in into them. So obviously, we grew up thinking you know being anything but quote unquote normal isn't okay. So we just grow up hating ourselves, and you know parents can definitely do a better job with that, with you know loving their kids and whatnot regardless of who they are so yeah it's it's good you brought that up ashley because it's definitely like different countries have a completely different way of life and it's different from north america yeah no it's sad to see the different struggles around the world like i'm not saying we have a really easy life here because we don't like there is ups and downs to it too but looking at society across the world like in russia or in the states or wherever it's not as like open-minded and, and easy going there, like in their society and their, their bills aren't passed or whatever. Like it is, it's sad. And I, I'm not trying to put that on anyone being like, our life is the best end of story because we also had our struggles too. 
and we do have our struggles, you know, and I feel bad for people who don't have the easy lifestyle, so to speak, as we do, or easier lifestyle that we have. And I've heard people actually living in, like moving to Canada because of the lifestyle change and the easy way around it, you know? So. Oh, really? It's hard. And I feel, I feel for everyone out there, you know, but they're always welcome in Canada. (laughs) Canada's awesome. Come on over to Canada. Come on in. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you again for having us, Ashley. We love being here. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Don't you just love these two? I think the coolest part about Peyton and Aiden is that they're actually like best friends in real life, which is so cool. They're just beautiful humans. And I'm really glad and and grateful to be a part of their journey. You can hear more of Peyton and Aiden on their own podcast called Those Trans Guys. I'm going to leave all that info below and ways for you to reach out to them if you want more help. Don't forget to share this podcast. Don't forget to like this podcast and don't forget to subscribe. But really, don't forget to share the podcast. If you know someone who's struggling, share this, okay? It can help anyone feel better. And that's what we're here for. And that's why we do this. We love this. We love being there for people and helping people. We've been through it. We know it. We're not even ashamed to admit it. And we're going to be there to help anyone and everyone. So thanks so much for tuning in to the Happy Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.